Good morning. Today's scripture reading is from Psalms, chapter 16, verses 5 to 11. And that's Psalms, chapter 16, verses 5 to 11. I'll be reading from the NIV. Lord, you alone are my portion and my cup. You make my lot secure. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. I will praise the Lord who counsels me. Even at night, my heart instructs me. I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest secure because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead, nor will you let your faithful one see decay. You make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with et- eternal pleasures at your right hand. Word of the Lord. We continue our focus on these Advent themes. Advent meaning coming, the coming of our Lord. And so Christmas is the remembrance of the first coming of Jesus. And then we do this because we are anticipating his second coming, his return. And so today we will be lighting the candle of joy. But if you remember, the first two candles we've already lit, one was the candle of hope and the other the candle of love, and today we'll be focusing on this theme of joy, and I'm reading from Romans 15, 13, the Apostle Paul wrote there to us, followers of Christ, then and now, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus is our joy. And if you notice, this candle is a different color, symbolizing the third week of Advent, the week of joy. And so that is the theme of the message today, the joy of the Lord. And this joy refers to the joy that the Lord has and also the joy that he instills within us. And that means that is the joy that wells up in our hearts and affects all of our lives. This joy of the Lord, therefore, can be stated in the sense, instead of the joy of the Lord, we could say the joy that you and I have as followers of Jesus in the Lord. But, you know, what is joy? How would you define joy to someone? Uh, we observe like a glimpse of the joy that we sense is divine and uh, just a, like a whiff of a scent or a glimmer of light in life. There's many um, examples of this. And so as I was thinking about it, um, it's, simple, it's as simple as a, a little glimmer of joy that I've experienced is an unforeseen kiss. Have you ever had that happen to you? I've had it happen to me twice in life. Now I'm 56 years old, so I've had a little more years to have that happen, but let me prepare you. An unforeseen kiss is a wonderful thing. Um, So the first time I'd experienced this was when I was 22 years old, and I had just arrived in Ecuador for two months on a mission there. 
And as we got off the plane and we arrived where we are, I was greeted by an Ecuadorian woman with a kiss on the cheek. Now, it was their culture. They would just kiss you like some countries in Europe do. But, you know, being an American, I wasn't expecting that. And so that was an unforeseen kiss. And it was, you know, a pleasant thing. You know, I was like, wow. And, you know, don't, that never happened to me before. And then the second time that I remember as I was thinking of this was uh, in a previous church. And May and I, you know, worked with the young adults. And this one mother, uh, we, May and I are huggers. So we were hugging goodbye or hello or something like that. And she reached up as she was hugging me and kissed me on the cheek. And it was a kiss out of gratefulness for working with her son and, and caring for him and all that. But it was an unforeseen kiss again. I was like, whoa, well, that was kind of pleasant and warm. But it, it's this sense of joy. is like something that's unexpected and beneficial to us. And it just kind of is like, wow, that's, that's, that's nice. And we can see glimmers of joy like this. Um, if you've ever watched videos of like military people when they come home unexpectedly and they surprise a child or, uh, or their family members or something like that. And uh, I wanted to let you catch this glimpse. So you can go ahead and show that video. Father back from a deployment left his daughter in tears after pulling off a big surprise at her volleyball game in Algonquin. The father of one of our very old Sunday volleyball players, Aaron, first started Jeffrey Bruce. in the house after detachment first sergeant Jeff Bruce pulls off his mask his daughter Erin a seventh grade volleyball player at Algonquin Middle School had no idea he'd returned home after a 14-month deployment even Erin's teammates shed some tears at this heartwarming moment so happy coming up a new father back from a deployment and then we can also see glimmers of joy even in animals. If you think about it, if you've ever owned a dog and when you come home, no matter how bad your day was, that dog is so joyful to see you, the tail's wagging, and they're so excited to see you. But even if, if you remove a master, I found this video that shows the joy expressed by an animal, believe it or not, when it's a mother chimpanzee that's united with her baby, newborn baby, just two days old, after an um, a emergency C-section that was done on the mother. And so she's been separated from her newborn child, the little chimpanzee, and she doesn't know that she's being reunited. So just watch what happens to this mother when she realizes that's her child there. Good job, Mahali. What a good girl. Okay, you can stop it now. <laughs> but isn't that amazing? The, even an animal just reunited with her newborn. You know, these are just examples of just little glimpses of joy that we can experience and observe in this world today. But what is real joy? What is the joy that the scriptures are saying and teaching us that we find in the, Lord, uh, in the Lord Jesus? Well, joy is a delight 
in life that runs deeper than any pain or pleasure that you and I can experience. Uh, From a biblical point of view, it is not limited to or tied to directly external circumstances. Though, you know, those things can make us happy, but joy is much deeper than that because joy is a gift of God. And, and like all of his inner gifts that he gives us, it can be experienced even in the midst of very difficult circumstances. It's that deep inner joy of the Lord. And in both an Old and New Testament, it is presented as a significant mark of an individual believer and a believing community like ourselves. The joy of the Lord is present. It is a quality of life and not simply this momentary emotion that comes and goes. And it is grounded in God himself and flows from his being into our being. And as just as Psalm 1611 in our text says, you make known to me, I mean, you will fill me with joy in your presence. So the presence of God, the fullness of joy comes when there is a deep sense of God's presence in our life, that he is always here. So do you have joy in your life when you think about it? I see an answer right here. (laughs) When you would look at your life, is there any signs of joy in your life? How would you answer that? Do you have delight in life that runs deeper than any pleasure or pain that you may be experiencing? Listen again to the truth of our text in the first two verses. Lord, you alone are my portion and my cup. You make my lot secure. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely, I have a delightful inheritance. And the truth we see here is that the Lord himself is our inheritance. He himself is our inheritance. What do the words portion and cup mean in verse 5? where it says, Lord, you alone are my portion and my cup. Well, in other versions of the Bible, if you look at like the NASB or the ESV, I'm using the NIV today, um, they will expand this portion word to portion of my inheritance, capturing this meaning of that, the verse 5 meaning that the Lord alone is our allotment. He is our inheritance. He is the security we have and our hope for the future. And then verse 5 also uses this concept of cup. And what is cup? You may have heard that used in the words of Christ with reference to the cross and things like that. But it's, it's when a, something a person has been assigned or given. And so in verse 5, it means that the Lord alone is our inheritance, but also our gift. He is our assignment. In other words, meaning He is our purpose in life. He's our inheritance and he is our assignment. He is our purpose in life. You know, I, I like the words of this song written by John Mark McMillan. And we've sang it here before. Uh, oh, how he loves us. You guys know that, that one? And I just want to read a couple uh, of the lyrics for us. And, and listen to these few lyrics. Because it captures the truth, part of the truth of our text today. It goes here, this part. And, and we are his portion. He is our prize, drawn to redemption by the grace in his eyes. If his grace is an ocean, we're all sinking. And heaven meets earth like 
and unforeseen kiss. And my heart turns violently inside my chest. I don't have time to maintain these regrets when I think about the way he loves us. Oh, how he loves us. You can hear in these lyrics the overwhelming joy of the Lord and also in his presence that is with us because of his love. And this is because the Lord himself is our inheritance. Listen to the message the angels proclaimed to the shepherds the night that Jesus was born and they appeared to these shepherds and they said in Luke 2, 10 through 14, But the angels said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. Now it's interesting in verse 10 here, when the angel said, let me highlight it there, do not be afraid, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Now the angel is speaking to these shepherds who are watching their flock by night. And just as a side here, just a note of trivia or understanding, shepherds only watched their flocks at night during the warmer seasons of the year which meant between March and November, usually. So this, you know, it was only much later when the Roman Christians chose December 25th as the time to celebrate Christmas, in, in, this, in a sense, to supersede this pagan holiday that was around that time. So we don't really know when Jesus' birthday is. It's not December 25th, most likely, because it was the coldest time of the year. So the shepherds were watching their flock their flocks at night when the angels appeared. So this great number of angels appears to them and praise God in front of these shepherds and then left. And the shepherds knew that the town of David, the city of David, was Bethlehem because every Jew knew that. And they happened to be near, near Bethlehem. So they went to see if what the angels said was true. And it was. Everything the angels said was true. And then they went out and they told everything that had happened to them, what the angels had told them, what they saw, Uh, and when they were in the presence of Jesus. They just shared it with everybody. And the good news of great joy was that Jesus was born, the Savior of mankind, Christ the Lord. And Christ is simply the Greek translation uh, of the word Messiah, with a Hebrew word Messiah, which simply means the anointed one, the anointed one of God. And Jesus calls now us to believe in him as Lord and follow him so that we too can experience the abundant life that he offers in himself because he is our inheritance. Because God's gift of joy to all mankind is Jesus himself. The Lord himself is our inheritance. And another truth we learn in our text today in Psalm 16 and verse 11, which says, You make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Then the truth here is that the Lord fills us with joy in his presence. Think of that. When we are in his presence, he will fill us with his joy. I, I would like to have joy every moment of every day. That would be so much 
better life <laughs> than uh, my experience at this point. But the truth here is that the Lord fills us with, his, with joy in his presence. You know, the word Emmanuel, which we sing a lot during this time of year, means God with us. He's with us. His presence is with us. God's presence is with us, and this is the source of our joy because he loves us so much. <clears throat> True joy is only experienced in God's presence. God is ever-present, or we say theologically, he is omnipresent. He is everywhere. You can't go anywhere to escape his presence. You can go to the moon. So we're planning, making plans to go to Mars. He's going to be there. <laughs> he's everywhere in his creation. So then why do you and I lack joy so often in life? If he is with us and we find joy, we're filled with joy in his presence, then why do we lack joy so often in life? And it's because we forget about that he is with us. Or we choose to focus on our circumstances or ourselves rather than the truth that our loving Father, who, oh, how he loves us, is with us. He's, his presence is here with us wherever we're at, no matter what's going on in our lives. The key to true joy in life is the presence of the Lord. And the glimmers of joy that we mentioned earlier, right, is if you think about it, it's all centered around some relationship that is reunited with people we love, whether it's with humans or even with animals, right? There's that relationship that is reunited, and then there's that glimmer of joy that's experienced in our life. It's always centered around that. And I experienced this myself uh, back in 1990, a long time ago. But it's very clear to me because it was this time of my life in August of that year, I quit my engineering job and I went to Denver, moved to Denver to start classes at Denver Seminary. And my family celebrates Christmas every year. It's a big thing. We all love doing this together. And we were doing it back then as well in Albany, New York, around that area. And it's such a big deal. But that year, I had just moved in August to Denver. And, you know, I, I wasn't going to come back. So that was the plan. I, was, I have an aunt, my mother's sister, who lives in Denver area. So I was going to spend Christmas with them, celebrate with them. I was going to stay there. My mom, I remember how disappointed she was that one of her kids weren't going to make it to the family gathering that year. But we were all, you know, that was the plan. But then my brother Mike contacted me and he secretly made plans for me to fly me back to surprise my mother there and this whole uh, plan. So they had friends we had near, that lived near where we were going to gather, my sister's place. And so I stayed with them and they got this uh, Santa Claus outfit that I put on and they had told my mom that a friend of the family was going to come for the kids because we had kids at that point. And it was just going to be fun, a little short fun time for the kids. And, and so she didn't know this person that was coming, but yeah, he was going to wear a Santa Claus uniform. So I put, like, packed my belt. I was pretty thin back then. So I packed myself to make me look like I was bigger. And I wore, like, a big beard and mustache, you know, the white. And then I put the Santa Claus hat on and everything. And, then, and I remember I drove up and got out of the car with uh, my friends that I knew. And 
we walked in, and I was like disguising my voice, like, ho, 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 you know, Merry Christmas, ho, 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 right? And my mom would look right at me, and she didn't know it was me, because she wasn't expecting me, right? So she was just like there, and you know, and then, uh, so I remember I was walking up to her, and I was looking right at her, and then I was just like, took off everything, and then, you know, it's a moment I won't forget, because she, her face is burned into my mind, where she just was like, and then she just, you know, hugged me so tight, and you know, I'm getting a little motion bothered now. But yeah, it's just that joy of being reunited, that, that connection with a relationship of love. And now think about it, how infinitely more it is when we think that our Creator God is right here, right now in our midst, and He loves us so much. And the joy that fills our hearts when we can just dwell in that truth that he is here and all how he loves us and how he has shown that love in Christ Jesus and his death for you and for me. Oh, that joy just fills our heart, makes us want to share it with other people. It's amazing how then from that awareness of God's presence flows this strong desire to share this joy with other people. It's kind of like when we go to a restaurant, right? And we're trying it out for the first time and we, we are pleasantly surprised by the ambiance of the restaurant and the service is so good. And then the food enters our mouth and we're like, whoa, this is great. Do we keep that to ourselves? Don't tell anybody? No. We post it online. We're telling our friends, you got to try this place out. It's awesome. Because of the joy. We can't, it's uncontainable. But think about it, the Father God and the Lord Jesus Christ, his Son. The joy that fills our hearts in his presence. You know, Nehemiah had it right when he, he challenged the Israelites. He said, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. And that is his joy, the Lord's joy, and the joy that we have in his presence. That, that gives us strength to live each day. And do you remember the promise of Jesus he gave us in his great commission? The very last part of what he said. He said, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. He's never going to leave you. He's always by your side. And if you are a follower of Jesus, he's inside your heart. He's, his spirit is dwelling within you. Talking about always being with us. That's pretty intimate being inside us, in communion with our spirit. You see, the Lord fills us with joy in his presence. Another truth we learn is in Psalm 16, 8 through 10. Let's look at forth there. I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. And therefore my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body will also rest secure because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead, nor will you let your faithful one see decay. And so the truth here, that may not be as apparent, but it is right there. Obedience opens the door to joy. Obedience opens the door to joy. Why was the psalmist's heart glad and why was his tongue rejoicing? It's mainly because he kept his eyes on the Lord and the fact that he was at his right hand. Always, meaning his presence was always there with the psalmist. And this gave great security and confidence to the psalmist. Keeping our eyes on the Lord is another way of saying we're following him, right? You ever played follow the leader? You got to keep your eyes on the person that's leading. And you do everything they do. 
And that's exactly the image here. We keep our eyes on Jesus and we follow and we obey his leading. And then joy is a part of us. Now, obedience, love, joy, they're so intertwined together in the scriptures. And this is the truth we see here as well. Listen to another statement of this truth in Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, meaning Jesus, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Fixing our eyes on Jesus simply means we're following him, we're obeying him and his commands. And the joy set before Jesus was this reconciliation of people with God, sinful mankind with the perfect, holy, righteous God. And Jesus was doing this through the cross and what he was about to do. But the joy of that reconciliation was before him, so it enabled him to endure the suffering that he was about to endure. You see how it's all tied together? Jesus made it clear through his life and his teaching that joy is inseparably connected to love and obedience. For example, he taught in John 15, 10 and 11, If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this, and here's the clincher, so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. They're all tied together. The Apostle Paul, in another place, in Galatians 5, identified joy as a key spiritual gift that is given to us when the Spirit of Christ dwells within us. And there also can be joy then in suffering and in weakness because we see suffering then with a redemptive purpose. And weakness just pushes us to realize how dependent we are on the loving God because, oh, how he loves us. The more we experience the joy of the Lord in his presence, the more joy will fill your heart and my heart. And it's, it's simple and yet very profound. All we need to do is dwell on the truth that God is with us. If we could just remember that, then we're opening the door to joy in our life. I don't know about you, but I want to live as much as possible with spontaneous joy than having a mouth full of complaining. Complaining's no fun. Joy I love to be around people of joy. Have you ever seen Inside Out? Yeah. There's a character there called Joy. If you haven't watched that, it's an interesting uh, movie about, you know, growing and maturing as a child into maturity and how, you know, this issue of joy. But yeah, they touch on some truths there. The abundant life that Jesus gives is himself. And as Psalms 37 force says, and these are the three truths that we're focusing on in Psalm 16, but Psalm 37 4 says, Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Our desires of heart align with him when we're in, we take delight in him as our inheritance. So this Christmas season, as we remember the first advent of Jesus, and anticipate his second advent coming. 
May the joy of the Lord be our strength, brothers and sisters. Let's pray. Father, we confess that we often are joyless. And we know that it's definitely because our eyes are not fixed on you. Our eyes have strayed away from Jesus, our Lord, your Son. And we are focused on the storm and the wind and the waves and the circumstances and the, the conflicts in life we have with others, the disappointments, the boredom that we experience, whatever it may be, Lord. We pray that this truth, that you have come into the world, that you are the source of life. You are life. You are the way to life. You are You are love yourself, and you are our joy. We pray, Lord, that we would be marked as a community with the joy of the Lord and as an individual. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.